This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Lord, undertake in your precious name. We're going through Bellamina about a week ago. Nevin went to this shop and I'm walking, going around to look for a bookshop. <laughs> and just like that, with no prearranged signals, the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> and he said these words, can I speak to you? Imagine, can I speak to you? I said, yes, Lord. And he says these words, I will honor those who honor me. I haven't got to the depth of that yet. I'm instantly shocked in this sense that the Lord would speak in such a gracious, loving way. May I speak with you? Can I speak to you? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not an idiot. He's a gentleman. He's gracious. He knows your personality. He knows all about you. And then I said, yes, Lord. And he said those words, I will honor those who honor me. Perhaps you've been going through a battle. Perhaps you've had a struggle in your life. Your whole life's been turned upside down. Everything's gone crazy. You may sit here with a big smile on your face, but you could be discouraged in your heart. Everything's different than you thought it was going to be, but you've never turned against God. You've never got better. You've got better. You've never turned away from the house of God. You've never said that, I'm not going to give another penny in the offering. I'm not going to pray another prayer. You've never turned away. I remember one time we were in, it was Dallas, outside Dallas, Texas, and there was this beautiful sanctuary. It was anything but, it was an awful place, and it was an awful week for me being there. I can just leave it at that. But the last night that I was speaking, at the end of it, this beautiful couple came up. It was suits and very, look, look really very respectable. And they came up and I said, what do you want prayer for? And they said, we want to come back to the Lord. And I said, what? Didn't look as if they were away from him. I want to come back to the Lord. I said, what happened? He said, we are pastors of a certain church. And we got discouraged. We got hurt. And we went away. But tonight we want to come home. I said, thank you, Lord. And we led them to the Lord, back to the Lord. Afterwards, I said, thank you, Lord. I would go through that hell on earth. And it literally was, folks. 
just to be in that place where these two beautiful people came back to the Lord. If you honor him, in whatever fashion he lays on your heart, our faces are different. That role is different to every one of us. But I would just say this, keep him number one. He's the best friend you ever had or ever will have. If you honor him, he will honor you. His way in his time, he will honor you. These words also came to me. It was a scripture. The Lord is both willing and able to give you much more than this. Those words, much more than this. Sort of got my attention. If you've got your Bible, could you turn to Second Chronicles chapter 25? We're going to look at a wonderful man. Perhaps he's not human. He's made mistakes, but he was a wonderful man. He was the king of, Israel, uh, of Judah, Amaziah. Second um, Chronicles 25, Amaziah, verse 1, was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehodadiah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. <coughs> But these words, not with a perfect heart. If you look into Kings, Second Kings talks all about this. They don't mention that part. But anyway, he he was perfect in the sight of the Lord to a degree, but he had an imperfect heart. I, I, I don't know what to risk saying this. There's, I just wrote. You, this down, the kink that killed the king. <laughs> I actually think it should be the kinks that killed the king. In Song of Solomon, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. It's not the big things. It's the little things. This man, he was a king of Judah. He was a king, so he had a responsible position. And he was no fool to be a ruler over the, remember the divided kingdom? The kingdom was divided. He was no fool. He had a very responsible role in life. I'm sure he had to make very important decisions. But there was some little thing that became his downfall. A little thing. It came to pass in verse 3 that the king was established to him, the kingdom was established to him, that he slew the servants that had killed the king his father. And there's nothing wrong with that because by the law they were supposed to take care of that type of thing. And he slew the children uh, and slew not the children that did as was written in the law of Moses. The Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for their father, but every man shall die for his own sin. He, he, he dealt with that problem, and he had every right to. He dealt with that, because they had murdered his father and so forth. Verse 5, 
Amaziah gathered Judah, he was the king of Judah, together and made them captains over thousands, captains over hundreds, according to the house of their fathers throughout Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old above, found them 300,000 choice men able to go to war that could bear a shield and a sword. You see that? Here's where he starts to... He did a thing David was rebuked for doing. He numbered Israel. He numbered Israel. And Judah, Amaziah here was numbering his men. His, he was getting into the flesh. He was starting to number his soldiers. His dependency was starting to move from God to other things. Legitimate they may be, and correct they may be, but they are not the source of your strength or your life. Uh, Paul says a wonderful thing. He says, when I am weak, I am then the strongest. And he was anything but a weak man, I'm sure you would agree, but he counted himself, he, he kept himself in that position of realizing how weak he was, no matter how able he was under the teaching that he sat under, education that he had of spiritual things, all those years he could have boasted about them, but yet he didn't. He, he kept his focus on this one person, the Lord himself. And no matter how your business may prosper, no matter how everything may go good, no matter how everything may fall into place and it's wonderful and it's all right and there's nothing wrong with that, always keep your focus. He started, this is a kink that killed a king. He started to focus on something other than. Does that make sense? He numbered Judah. He took things. He took things into his own hands. I think you know, uh, an average guy can handle things sometimes better than a really successful person. What do you mean? Because a successful person would think their ability to handle the things was in themselves. Is everybody following me? The really successful person is the average guy who realizes, without him, I can do nothing. Amen. Keep focused, even though God may bless you in many ways in this area. Keep focused. This man, he started to slip. Let's keep going. It'll end up all right. He hired also a hundred thousand, verse six, mighty men of valor out of Israel. That was the, they were God's people too, in a sense they were the product of the divided kingdom. A hundred for a hundred talents of silver. I don't know what it would be up to date, but in this old King James, it says down here, 528,000. 
dollars, I think it is. Could be a million. He paid a substantial amount of money and he hired these people. He hired these people just in case, just in case, just to have an escape route, just in case this didn't work out, just in case I wasn't capable of doing it, or my men, this army I have, just in case, well, you never know. The day of the battle, they could all take the flu. You just don't know. You must have something in reserve. I have nothing in reserve. And I think the person who has, still keep your eyes on the Lord, he hired them just in case you never know. <laughs> I was in a, in a bedroom one time with this man and his wife, and she was very ill, and he was standing there, and I said to him, a little thing, now this is important, it's coming up, a little thing. If the greatest place you can live as a child of God, irrespective of where you've been or where you are now, the greatest place you can live as a child of God when you get to the place where nobody else can help you but him. That's the greatest place that you will ever get to. And that's the place to live. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in him alone. Alone. Trust in him alone. I've been there, lived there. I was going to change the name of the house to alone. <laughs> Trust in him alone. You are what you are today because of him. I know there's all the problems and all the battles, but if you trust in him alone and keep him in your focus all the days of your life, you come into a new bracket, as it were, a new space, a new place in God that you've never been in before. And little things don't offend you as much. A dear brother, he was at Bible school and, and chasing and was at the Bible school and I, I was just there that night, I think it was, and this dear man was preaching, you know, and uh, he made a couple of points which some of the students was not pleased with. One of them rather, he, he needed an awful lot of grace, put it that way. The one young man, he said a lot of things about the older man and uh, after they went out and it was all over, I went up to him and I said, look, I have to apologize for the man. He's full of enthusiasm. His heart's right, but you know something. He says these wonderful words, you can't offend a dead person. <laughs> Did you get that? When you're, dead, when you're dead, I'm talking about spiritually, I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually where things don't offend you because you've died to yourself and it's no longer you that's living. <laughs> it's risky to say what I'm going to say. This world ain't so cute, you know. You're somewhere better. There's somewhere wonderful. David Wilkerson said down here, he said, 
This world is just preparation for up there. Keep your focus, folk. Keep your focus. He's changed his focus. In the midst of this, this is the beginning of the, also of, of God and God's grace. What does the next verse say? There came a man of God and said, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee. Don't let that other, don't take anything to do with them, for the Lord is not with them. This may sound like a good idea. Remember years ago, a couple went into partnership, two men went into partnership, and I said, don't do that. Well, they went ahead anyway. They lost their homes, they lost their cars, they lost their business, they lost their friendship, they lost everything. Just because it looks good. Says, go, don't, don't, don't go with him, for God's not with him. But it shows you the grace of God, even at this stage, if we're listening. Even at this stage, God says, don't take anything to do with it. Don't, don't, don't. May look good. May sound like a great idea. Could I risk saying this? It may even sound like a God idea. This Israel. But if it's not God's idea, it's not a good idea. Go with, the Lord is not with Israel and the children of Ephraim. But if you go, do it. Go ahead. Be strong for battle. Verse 8, for God make thee fall before the enemy. God has power to help and to cast down. But if you want to go, go ahead. If you want to do it, go ahead. Is he thing that God doesn't violate? Our free will. Our free will. Our free, we can choose that if we want to. But he said, he said no, God, God can seem to be with you, and, and it may seem like a good idea. <laughs> How many young people, uh, I, I don't want to tread toes. Well, I just say this, thank God I married the girl God wanted me to marry. That's all I say. But he will change. When I get him, and hear the bride, this is an old joke, Pastor, coming up to the front to get married. The man's there, and she's coming up, and she says, That's what is it? there's the aisles there, there's the altars, and they're all singing a hymn. And she's heard as she's walking up, I'll alter him. <laughs> but she's never able to alter him. Anyway, that's, that was a freebie. Forget about that. Move on. If you want to go ahead, he said, go ahead. You've got free will. Verse 9, Amaziah said to the man of God, what shall we do? Why did he call this man into it? He, he should have said, what shall I do? But he said, what shall we do? For the hundred talents, ha 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 loud and clear bell rings. He wasn't troubled about offending God. He was upset because he was going to lose his money. Ah, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of it. The love of it. The Lord is, he said these wonderful words, which we'll read in a minute. A hundred talents, what's given to the army of Israel? What, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose all the money. And it says these wonderful Lord, words, the Lord is able to give thee much more than this. 
that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Has God ever asked you to do something and it's cost you a lot and you think it's over? No, 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 it's not over. God is able to give you much more than you ever give to him. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or even think. Amaziah, he was in a, between a rock and a hard place. And he was concerned more about money than he was offending the Lord. The Lord is both willing and able to give you much more than this, much more, much more. Uh, if we get to it, I've got at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'm not going to read them all. Where it says, much more, much more, your heavenly Father will give good things to them that ask him. Much more shall your Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Much more, um, better, you are better than the fires of the earth. Much more he will, he, he will clothe the f you than he, ye, O oh ye of little faith. Much more things that pertain unto this life went to Corinthians. Much more the blood of Christ has taken care of everything. And if you want to be a student in Romans 5, it'll give you five times where it says those words, much more, much more. But he was more interested in losing the money. 10, verse 10. Should never have been opened. What? He opened a can of worms. <laughs> He opened a can of worms. He didn't think of the repercussions of what he did. I heard a preacher one time saying, his father, who was a preacher, said, son, obey God and leave the fallout to him. <laughs> he didn't know the repercussions. He opened a can of worms in this whole thing. But he can't, he can't backtrack now. He's given them the money. The money's away. But they were all mad about it. They kindled, the anger was kindled greatly against Judah, and they returned home in great anger. Now, they didn't have to fight, number one, and they got all the money. They thought that would have been enough. That would have been enough, but it upset them. And the, we'll come back to verse 11, but look at verse 13. For the soldiers of the army of Amaziah sent back, uh, uh, that uh, Amaziah had sent back, they could not go with him to the battle. That's the ones from northern Israel, Israelites. They could not go with him to battle. Fell upon the cities of Judah from Samaria even unto Bethrehon and smote 3,000 men and took much spoil. So he didn't know the repercussions of what he was doing. Look unto somebody else rather than look unto the Lord. Getting his eyes onto some other source, which was this great army of Israel that he had. And then the thousand that he had paid for. Now he 
not only loses the money, he loses their help, their friendship. If he had any, I don't think he had any friendship. But they turned out to be real enemies to him. Verse 11, Amaziah strengthened himself and led forth his people who went to the valley of salt and smote the children of Seir, 10,000. And other 10,000 left alive, did the children of Judah carried away captive and brought them to the top of a rock and threw them over the rock and killed them. He should never open that can of worms, but he did. He was victorious, what he could do. Don't trust the arm of flesh. Verse 14. This is a kink starting to show up again. Now it came to pass after Amaziah come from the slaughter of the Edomites, he brought the gods uh, of the children of Seir and set them up to be gods and bowed down himself before them and burned incense. In other words, he took their gods, the people that he had slain, he took their gods and he started to worship it, their gods. This, I hope, is this all right, David? This journey that we're on, when you start to go down one way, it's very hard to get the brakes on. You're going down, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah. And he sent unto him a prophet. So the first person he sent was a man in his humanity. It speaks of saying it. It doesn't say it was a servant of God. It was a prophet, but he was a servant of God. But his humanity was so obvious. So obvious. He was a man. But Amaziah, now God starts moving again. And he uses a prophet there's a spiritual strength and depth being appropriated into this situation at this point. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet. Why hast thou sought after the gods of the people which could not deliver their own people out of your hand? came to pass as the king talked with him that the king said unto him art thou uh, made the king's counsel forbear now we stop that why should you be a smiter he actually told the prophet if he didn't stop he would kill him hmm. see, see when you start to go the way when you're talking about spiritual things that this prophet was the carnal thinking man finds it very, very difficult to take instruction from a spiritual man. Anyway, why has thou sought after the gods of the people which not delivered their own people out of your hand? And he said, this, the prophet, verse 17, Amaziah the king uh, of Judah took advice and sent uh, other counselors and Joash the son of Jehoshahaz, Jehoahaz I think that's the way you pronounce it should have taken time and rehearsed that about 40 times <laughs> the son of Jehu king of Israel saying come let us see one another let us meet and Joash king of Israel sent to Amaziah king of Judah 
and Fane the Thistle. It gives this little picture here that was in Lebanon, sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, give thy daughter to my son to wife. And there passed by a wild beast that was in J uh, Lebanon and smote down the thistle. Then said, lo, thou hast smitten the Edomites, and thine heart lifted thee up to boast a bride not at home. Why shouldst thou meddle to thine hurt? that you should fall, even thou and Judah, with thee. Now, this is the king starts to come on the scene, and he starts to give him advice, shows him the, follows, the feelings of his way. The man advised him, then the prophet advised him, now the king advised him. It'll work out all right at the end, by the way. Advice from the enemy. He could not stop he had false confidence. He had pride. One of the hardest things for a person who is in that position is to say these words. And yet this is the greatest beginning of the whole thing turning around. If he had done it, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. He couldn't do that. Amaziah could not hear God. He couldn't hear him. Amaziah would not hear, for it came from God that he might deliver them into the hand of their enemies because they sought after the cause of Edom. They were headed in the wrong direction. So Joash, the king of Israel, went up and they saw one another face to face, both he and Amaziah, the king of Judah, and Beth Shemesh, which belongeth unto Judah. And Judah was put to the worst for, from before Israel, and they fled every man to his tent. Judah was beaten, was defeated. The consequences of him doing his own thing, going his own way. It was dramatic. What happened next? And they took, uh, verse 23, And Joash king of Israel took Amaziah king of Judah, and Joash and Jehoash, Bathshemesh, and brought them to Jerusalem, and break down the walls of Jerusalem, the gate of Ephraim, to the corner gate, 400 cubits. And he took all of the gold and the silver and the vessels that were found in the house of God of Obenadom and trans, um, transures of the king's house, the treasurer of the king's house, and hostages and returned to Samaria. And Amaziah's son, Joash, king of Judah, lived after the death of Joash and so forth. The repercussions was dramatic. I'm finishing. What did I say at the very first? I said that God the Lord is able to give thee much more than this. No matter where you find yourself in this life, no matter where you are, you turn around, you keep your focus, you say, I was wrong. 
What a mighty man our Lord was. What a wonderful, gracious Savior. What a wonderful, wonderful person. That not only does, is he willing, and he paid the price to prove it, not only is he willing to save us in our souls and our spirits and make us his children, he is willing to look every part, look after every part of our life, every single day. Amen. Trust in God alone. Hallelujah. Not the arm of flesh. He had lost that so much because he didn't. And I'm saying to you, whenever you trust him with all of your heart, not, not a casual trust. A trust that backs you into the corner and you get to the place where nobody else can help you. Then you look up. What is the name of that little song we sang this morning, Evelyn? I can't hear you, darling. We build a world of our own. Excuse me a minute. <laughs> we build a world of our own. We live in a world of our own. I do. <laughs> do you remember that song? Do you remember that, Raymond? Who sang it, Evan? The Seekers. Yeah, the Seekers. It was a love song. It was a love song, and, but really it is a greater love song because it's between us and the Lord. We live in a world of our own. Nobody else is there. He knows all about you. And he says, you're my child. I came for you. I paid the price for you. I love you unconditionally. Won't you trust me in this situation? Won't you trust me when everything changes? The truth is, I have the ability, and not only, not only the ability to help you, but the willingness to help you. If you're going to doubt anything, doubt, you don't, shouldn't doubt at all. I don't want to contradict myself. You shouldn't doubt at all. But if you want to doubt something, doubt his ability. Never doubt his willingness. That makes you think, doesn't it? Because he is willing and he is able to take care of everything. Hallelujah. We live in a world of our own. Wish I could sing, so does everybody that listens to me. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Everything else falls back into shape. If Amaziah had only said, he loved money. That was the big draw. He, he loved prestige. He was the king. He found it very difficult to be a king, to have reached that place and to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. I made a mistake. Who to God I know, men of God of a bygone age, who were real men of God and they made a real mess of it. But rather than say, I was wrong, I made a mistake, uh, forgive me, they carried on and the hurt and pain that they caused 
was almost unreal. Wherever you are tonight, you're not alone. Huh? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Standing there at the tomb of their brother who had died, standing there, he seemed to come too late. He seemed to come far too late. And they said, if only you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. And he said, where have you laid them? Where have you laid them? I want to say to you, dear friend, where have you laid them? Where have you laid the dream, the gold, the, the wonderful future that you thought you were going to have? Where have you laid it? Where have you laid it? Where have you put it? Where did you hide it? Jesus says to Martha, wasn't it? He said in John eleven forty, said I not unto thee, did I not say to you, have you forgotten what I said? Have you forgotten what I said? I said that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. I say to you, you have laid your dream, your vision, your goal, whatever it is God wanted you to do, your life, whatever, to a side, you try to bury it and ignore it. Where have you laid it? God is able to say to you tonight, did I not tell you <laughs> that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Amen. Isaac's, remember Isaac's, Abraham's wells were all dug. You remember the wells were dug? Filled in for the enemy. Filled in. There was water in them one time. It was a blessing. It was a wonderful time one time, but now they're filled in. Along come Isaac, and he dug the wells of his father that once had life in them and, and, and nurtured the children and the people and animals and everything. He came and he cleared the wells out of all that rubbish did I not tell you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God you would see again days of rejoicing and happiness and peace and victory over the world the flesh and the devil he wouldn't step down and say I'm wrong I made a mistake I lost my dream I lost my dream but the truth is, the person who gave me the dream never lost me. The person who originated, he never lost. That love for us, I don't know what to do now. I, just, I think I'll just pray a general prayer. First of all, is that all right? I, I trust this will be a word in season. That'll help you this week. What, what did I say? He, he said, uh, see, you get to the page, you have to have notes. <laughs> what was it he said? The kink, the kinks that killed the king. The kings that killed the king. 
he that honours me. You may have to wait for a long time, but there'll come a day when God will start honouring you. It'll all turn around. But if I had enough faith, it wouldn't have happened. I was a real man of faith, it wouldn't have happened. Oh yeah, it's going to happen big time for you too. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this beautiful people. I respect their pastors. And oh God, this wonderful church and the quality of teaching and preaching is here. I ask you, Lord, to bless them immensely above and beyond their wildest dreams. Give them so much more. Give them more, Lord, of your blessing, of your presence, and of your supply in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.